Okay, let's get on into our discussion of Parshas Chukas for this year, Tashanai and Tess, as we still uh, in Eretz Yisrael are a week ahead uh, for the next couple of weeks. Tashanai and Tess, though, we have Chukas, and we start off with the topic of Paraduma. As we know, the Torah tells us at the beginning of the Parsha, all the laws of Tumas Meis and how we are metar ourselves from Tumas Meis. And Elazar Cohen, the Skan Kohen Gadol comes and does the Avoda on Har Hazesim, overlooking and looking at Har Abayis, and the whole description is given. And the Torah tells us, Zosa Torah Adam Kiyamas Ba'ohel Kalabalo Av Chalasher Ba'ol Yitvah Shavas Yamim. If somebody goes into a, a roof with a roofed uh, structure with a mace in it, so they are Tami for seven days. And any Kli Pasuach Asher Ein Samid Pasila Love Tamehu. The very next pasuk, Adam Adam Kiyamas Ba'ol. The next pasuk is that if in the house of a mace there is an open kli without a tzamid patil, without a tightly closed um, container, tamehu, it's tameh. But mashma, if there is a tzamid patil, so then it would cover up, and that's what's described in the some of the middle prakim of Masechas Kalim. What exactly is a tzamid patil? I think Perak Yudalaf or so in Kalim. That discuss what defines a tzamid patil. It doesn't mean just a cover, but it is tightly on. So Chazal Darshan on this pasuk, as we know, the Gemara at the end of Masechus Brachas, source number one, Rabbi Yosef Nechemi Kornitzer quotes it that Adam Kiyamas Ba'ohel Eina Torah Miskayemes Ela B'Mishamemes Atzma Olecha. The Torah lasts with someone who basically kills themselves on it. Somebody who is so committed and so given over to the Torah. So that's the the. Uh, Way that the Torah stays with somebody. Mamis atzma aleha. So if there's a says, besides the Pashup Shat of the Pasik of having to really be committed and giving their all to the to the uh, to the Torah, maybe there is another level, a deeper level of interpretation of Adim Kiyamus Ba'ohel. And he quotes this from one of his ancestors first. He quotes the next Pasik, the Pasik that we just read. He says, kli literally means utensil, but on a deeper level, sometimes we find the word kli kloyos, kloyos yoatzos. It could mean thoughts and decisions. Kelai, he says, kli pirusho machshava. And he quotes the Pasuk in Yishayo, Kelai, the wicked one, Kelavraim. His Kelim are, are negative. His, his decisions, his thoughts are, are bad. That's how he's interpreting the Pasuk. So if you have that, Interpretation. So, what is the pasuk saying? If a kli is patuach, asher ain't samid patil of tamehu. What's going on? Vehine mishemaharer acharei mitzvos v'choker alein yosem idai. If somebody thinks about mitzvos and determines that everything has to make sense to him, and he's choker a little too much, like the Mishnah says in the Chagig is inappropriate, then huapikaris. Right? He is a heretic. And if somebody always questions and always tries to think of the svara and the reason, and sometimes they can't, then that will lead them to, oh, if I don't understand it, if it doesn't make sense to me, then I'm done. I reject it. Sometimes we have to put a limit to our thoughts and our questions without going beyond the border because there are some questions that cannot be asked because there are some questions that have no answers. And therefore, if we ask the questions, that is dangerous. That's what the Mishnah says in Mesechas Chagiga, not to research mala mala, mala mata, mala fnim, mala achar because some things are beyond human capability. It doesn't mean that, that it doesn't exist. So we know there are many things that we know are true today that was that we didn't know about a hundred years ago. It doesn't mean that it wasn't true, it's just we didn't know about it. And as we always give the mashal, 
you know, that trying to explain astrophysics to a dog doesn't mean that astrophysics isn't true. It's just that the dog doesn't have the kalim to understand it. Human beings don't have the kalim to understand sometimes uh, different facets of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and of life. So we have to just accept that. V'zeu pirish pasuk that's the deeper, drush understanding of this pasuk. V'chol kli pasuach, kli, as we said before, can mean machshavas and thoughts. If it's pasuach, if it's open, kol rayon pasuach, asher ain't samit pasilalot, there's no limit, there's no cover, it just goes. Ad potavo ben tamehu. That's tame, that's inappropriate, and that could lead to danger. That's what he quotes from his earlier ancestor. But now he continues, If somebody serves like Kaddish Baruch not just because they figured it out, that it's based on their own decisions and intellect, but it's because there's a Mesorah. They got it from their father and their grandfather, and this is what we've done. Lo bechal yuchali hikashel. Though he he won't slip up and he won't trip easily because it's based on misora. There's a root. Lo kenu misha ovdo yisparch machvas chakiruso. Unlike someone who serves Hashem purely based on his own understanding, who bechal yinage by the evan mechshol, he'll definitely trip. Over a stumbling block. Why? Kibavo oli de mitzvos shehem chukim miblidas tamavinu mukamya bolidek fear. You come to a chok, you come to uh, paraduma, you come to shatnis, you come to basavachalav, then you're done, right? If you try to figure it out, we're not going to get an answer. So if somebody serves Hashem based on misora and avos and emos, then that's strong. And even if I don't understand something, it'll it'll last. But if it's only based on intellect and questions and answers, then when you come to a chok, person's going to throw it away because they can't understand it. And that's also alluded to, he says, in what David Melech says in Tehillim, in Kufyates, in the Rashis, Rachok me'rashayim Yeshua, far from the wicked is a salvation. Rachok me'rashom Yeshua ki darashu, because they didn't darshan the chukim. So what does that mean? Rasul Omar, he says, maybe it means based on what we've been saying. If somebody serves like Kodesh Baruch Hu because of the Misorah, because this is what he gets from his fathers and his grandfathers, and he'll do the Chukim also, without reason, because this is what this is what he's conditioned to do. He serves like Kodesh Baruch Hu, whether I understand it or not. But I'm going to serve like Kodesh Baruch Hu. But those are served Hashem only because of their understanding. But when it comes to chukim, they don't darshan the chukim. They don't focus on the chukim. So then, lachin rachok mehem Yeshua. That's the pasuk. Rachok meirsham Yeshua ki darash. If you don't darshan the chukim, if you don't study the chukim also, and are committed to the chukim also, even though you can't understand them, so then that would be something that will cause you to lose your status in Avodah Hashem. Ki bakal yuchlu li kashel so that is the Pasuk in Tehillim. That is the uh, deeper idea of Kal Kli Pasuach. If the Bachshavas are totally open, but there's no limit. So now he gets back to what we said at the beginning. The Gemara tells us in Bracha Sama Gimel, Ein HaTorah Miskayemes, Ela B'misha Mavis The Torah is only Makuyam and fulfilled and stays only with someone who kills themselves on it. So obviously the Pashup Shabbat, now we say even deeper, someone who makes themselves like a mace. On the Torah. Meaning if there's something that I don't get, I don't understand, I still accept it. It's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's word. Lazesh atzmo. Ba'ose atzmo kemeis. Ki'ilu lo yoda klum. 
So then the Torah is Mekuyam uh, regarding that person. Somebody who's Mamis Absalom makes themselves Mais. But if somebody serves Hashem because purely of his own Chakira, of his own intellect, and our Torah is kind, the Torah cannot last, and Ba Lide Kfira, then it can lead to terrible, lead to terrible things. So that is first thought for, t- for uh, this week. Adam Kiyamas Ba'oel, Mamis Atzma, we have to realize that there are some things that are beyond us, and Akadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, and we serve Hashem because Akadosh Baruch Hu told us. Right? We mentioned in the past, I think in the name of Risol Salanter, Ein Kelokeinu and Mi Right? Why do we say Ein Kelokeinu first? Right? First you should ask the question, Mi and then you should answer the question, Ein Kelokeinu, there's nobody like Hashem. So the answer he gives is that there are some questions, it's great to, to delve and to research one's emuna. But not in the way of if I don't get an answer to these questions, so that I'm going to reject. There has to be a certain base belief to start off with. This ain't kelokenu. After that, then we could delve into mikelokenu. But that's only to strengthen the inkelokenu, not to question the inkelokenu. And therefore, says Rabbi Saul Salanter, inkelokenu comes first. That's similar to here. This thought of Rabbi Yosef Nechemia Kornitz. Okay, we continue now uh, in the next parak and parakhaf. All of a sudden, Perachaf, from the last Pasuk, Perakutes, right, Hashem says, Moshe and Aaron, all the laws, Perachaf, all of a sudden, we have done, we have just fast-forwarded 38 years. Right, we mentioned this also, uh, the blackout years, right, Perakutes is uh, the uh, Tumas Meis, and Perakutes, in the previous Parsha, Parsha's Karach, we were the beginning of the of the Midbar years. And all of a sudden, we are now at the end, because Miriam's about to die. They, the Bnei Yisrael, sit in Kadesh, the entire Eda. It says, Kol Eda, Right, Kol Eda. That's a Rashi notes of Kol Eda. Eda HaShlema. Shekvar Mesu Mesei Midbar. Velo Pershalachayim. Everybody left is, Pershalachayim is ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. And Miriam dies. Miriam dies. Vatam HaShem. Miriam HaTikaver Sham. She is buried in Kadesh. And there is no water for the Eda, Vayikalu al Moshe the al Aharon. And Bnei Yisrael start complaining. They gather, Moshe, and they start fighting. It's amazing. They said, now at the end, they realized they'd been there for 40 years. Why were they punished? They were punished because they acted inappropriately and they didn't recognize Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, leadership properly. They didn't trust him. And yet, they complain again. Oh, halavai, we should have died with our brethren. Unbelievable. Why you bring us here? To die, we and our animals. Going back to Mitzrayim. Why do you even take us out? You know, it's, un- it's hard for us to imagine. But we have to think that we wouldn't have been better. That's why we have to figure out what exactly the chait was. Why did you take us up to Mitzrayim to bring us to this desolate, terrible place? It's not Eretz Lavash, it's a desert. They had mun. They were still complaining. And Moshe and Aaron turn to the Pesach HaLamoid, and they realize that this is, uh, this is uh, something that needs a divine resolution. If you look in Rav Shlomo Kluger's Sefer, the Imre Shefer, he wonders about these, bo- these phrases. Is Pasuk Dalit and Pasuk Hay just a repeat? But Yisrael complaining, just in different words. Right? First it says, V'lam is Kal Hashem. Why do you bring us? Why do you bring the Gal to this Midbar? 
And then, why do you take us out of Mitzrayim? Right? What's the what's the uh, double phrase phraseology in in the Pesukim? As it's both saying the same thing, and we of course would rather say not. It says the Imri Shefer. Top left, have rock, Sounds like it's the same taina. It's one problem. I'll but I'll give you a mushal to explain that maybe it is, it is, uh, it is not. And the mushal is as follows. Right, somebody hires out a wagon driver to take him to a certain place. And it is a very difficult journey. If there was another way to go, Right, the person, the merchant who hired the wagon driver said, what, what's, Why'd you take me to this? You could have taken me on road B. Why'd you take me on road A? But let's say the merchant doesn't know another road. He only knows this road. Then the wagon driver could say to him, Maybe the other one is worse. And the Socher can't complain. But, says Rishlama Kluger, that's only if the merchant had to go on a road. If he had to go. But if it wasn't a trip that he had to take. The merchant could have stayed home. If I wouldn't have known, I would have stayed home. Then But then he has a taina against the wagon driver. Why? I would have stayed home. If you didn't think there was any good road to go on, don't take me anywhere. If you knew that road B was better than road A, so why don't you take me on the other road? But if they were both bad, so then he could say, well, why didn't you just tell me they were both bad? I wouldn't have gone. Right? I didn't have to go. So it's your fault. Either you should have taken me on the better road. And if there was no better road, you should have told me I would have stayed home. Says the Emre Shefer, that's what B'nai Yisrael were saying. First they said, Moshe, what kind of path is this? There's no water, there's no civilization, this is just a desert. You should have taken us to a different place where there's water, where there's other places. If you want to say there was no place, so you know what? We could have stayed in Egypt. Could have stayed in Egypt. You could have left us in Mitzrayim. And therefore, says the Imre Shefer, Sedr Shlomo Kluger, B'nai Yisrael could have 
could have, uh, they were complaining to Moshe, they could have just stayed in Mitzrayim, and in that way, uh, been better off. Again, amazing. They had the mon, they had everything, and yet they were complaining. And therefore, it was not a repeat of the psukim, and rather, it was two separate claims. Why do you take on this road? You should have taken us on another road, or we could have just stayed in, we could have just stayed in, uh, Mitzrayim. Okay. Moving right along. So let's get into a little bit, as we do every year, a little bit about the hitting of the rock. You know, there has to be something. We've gone through so many different shatim over the years. But, ain't based matters below Chiddush, and we'll uh, mention something else again this year through the eyes of the Ksav Sofer. What exactly was the Chet? And he starts off with a minor, seemingly minor question. And we will see that he will build his pshat based on that. Based on that. So, but he's all complaining. They come, Miriam has died, and as Chazal say, as we know, there was no more water because of that. Gather the Eda, you and Aaron, your brother. Speak to the rock. It will give its water. And then you will take out water from the rock. And then you will give water to the Eda and to the animals. And what does Moshe do? Moshe takes the mate like he's commanded. Vayakilu Moshe Aaron as a call of He gathers Moshe and Aaron gather the call. Vayomer lahem and then Moshe takes center stage. Vayomer lahem Shimon Amori Aminazel and Silach Hamayim. Vayera Moshe as Yado Vayachas Asela, etc. Ethics have so far. In the beginning of the Tzivui, Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron to be involved. Kaches amate v'akalas eid atal aronachicha v'dibartem. Elasela, in plural, Le'enehem. You, plural, speak to the rock, Venas and Maimoth. Votesalahemayim and Asela, and then you, singular, will bring out water, Vachulu. Why the beginning Vidibaratem? Seems like Moshe did everything here. What was Hashem requiring and commanding by saying Vidibaratem to include Aharon? What was the message of that? Says the Ksav Sofer. Vehine. We know the Gemara tells us in Mesachas Tainus, Amru Chazal. Hama Haman Hayibischus Moshe, the three great biblical personalities in the Midbar, and the three great miraculous events that took place throughout the forty years, as we just mentioned. We have just switched over from year two to year forty. The end of Korach is still year two, and all of a sudden Chukas, we have Paraduma, and then we have year forty. Miriam dies right, right then, and that's what Rashi says. Kol Ha'ida, the whole Ada that was ready to live. But all those 40 years, we know we have the Mon of Be'er and the Ananiya Kavod, Bischus, these great personalities. Hamonaya Bischus Moshe, Ube'er Bischus Miriam, the Ananiya Kavod, Bischus Aharon. And the Gemara says, Ukeshemes Miriam, what happened? The Be'er disappeared. Haya Bischus, and they didn't have water for a little bit. But then it came back, Bischus Moshe and Aaron. The water came back. And when Aaron died and Moshe was the only one left, the Ananiyakov left for a moment, and that's why the, the other nations thought that it would be a good time to battle, but it came back with Schuz Moshe. Ask the Ksav Sofer, fascinating. If Moshe could have the Schuyos all himself, so why wasn't it like that in the first place? Why would the nice split up? Moshe was good for all of it. So you could have Moshe and Aaron, but Moshe was because everything. What did it have to be like split up amongst the three of them? V'tzarech iyun. V'nirali says the Ksav Sofer. He named Moshe, Zacha, Vizika, Rabim, 
Schus HaRabim Talibo. Moshe Rabbeinu, we know, was Osik B'Tzorach Yitzibor. He had the Schus HaRabim. V'chein Aaron, Zika Rabbim, V'chein Miriam. They were all involved in Osik B'Tzorach Yitzibor, their whole lives. V'alehem Hutal called Tzorach Yitzibor, V'schus Moshe Gadol Mikula. Moshe was the greatest, but they were all involved. V'hinei, Hashem's plan was that there will be, obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader, but leadership should be shared. The leadership should be shared amongst all of them. That was what Hashem wanted. Maybe to show Klal Yisrael that anyone could be a leader. Maybe to show Am Yisrael that you don't have to be perfect. And we mentioned years ago, right, the thought of uh, Rabbi Franz quotes in one of his books. He quotes that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he's bargaining at the, at the snap, he says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Hashem says, no, you can go, you can go. And finally, Moshe has the magic, the magic card. Hashem I have a speech impediment. So I can't go. What should the next Pusik be? And Hashem says, Abracadabra, no more speech impediment. But no, Hashem says, no, I know, but I'll be with you anyway. Why didn't Hashem just screw him right away? So my friend quoted, it's to teach us that you don't have to be perfect to be the world's greatest leader. With the speech impediment and with the difficulties, you can still be a Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? It's not that you have to be born perfect and have all the natural uh, faculties no, with all of our chesronos and with all of our what we're what we're born with and with our with our limitations, we get the greatest leader. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu maybe wanted, maybe that's why. But either way, he wanted it to be, so to speak, split up, split up the leadership. Hine, Kolzman Sha'ar and Miriam Hayu Bachayim Lohua Mas Kol Masa Hakol Al Moshe Levad. While Miriam and Aaron were alive, so it was split up. Velohaya Kol Zchus Harabim Tolibo was own wasn't only Tali on him. Hashem made it that these great personalities each were mezakeh b'nei Yisrael with another miracle. V'lo nafis chuso kolkach. So his chus wasn't so intense, exclusive. It wasn't exclusive because Aaron and Miriam also had part of this. V'hayu gimel dvarim elu b'schus kulam. V'lo haya Moshe levad kedisa. Right? He was kedai. It wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu. And if it was just Moshe Rabbeinu at that moment, he wouldn't have brought all three nisim. Once they were gone, then Hashem made him his chus be even stronger. But at the for the forty years, Hashem wanted all three to get a chelik in it. Hashem elevated the two in order to be able to handle more of this chus. And the three things were bischus, both of them. And when Aaron died, then Moshe was alone. But at that time, at that moment, after Aaron died, then it was all for him. But it went in stages. The Yesh Lomar, so says the Ksav Sofer, when Miriam died, there was a transfer to both of them. The Be'er was supposed to be, Bishchus, both of them. Velo hayamayim la'eda, right? We know the Be'er was Bishchus Miriam, it disappeared, miyad. Velo babishchus aron emotion, miyad. It didn't come right away, right? As we know, they, they complained for the water, because what had to be done first, Moshe and Aaron both had to take the first step in the Asik Betzarchi Tzibur, and then Bishchus, their Asik Betzarchi Tzibur, then the miracles would come back. Ki ayeschus achaser. And 
And therefore, what does Hashem tell Moshe? At the beginning, Moshe and our both, the Dibartim Alasawa. This is getting water. You both have a joint responsibility now in being Oseik and bringing the water. Ulaharos lahem, and to show them ki me'ata haber bischus shnehem, and to show Am Yisrael, now both of them are going to have responsibility. Amar Hashem hakela sa'eda ata ve'aharon. V'dibartem el asela, and speak to the rock she'yir roesh shnehem edabrim u'bischus shnehem ha'be'er. The problem was that Moshe didn't do that. Right? Mo, Hashem told them, it's bischusam. Moshe's chus wasn't supposed to be exclusive at this moment. The water was supposed to come bischus. Both of them, Moshe and Aaron, were a team. For 40 years, all three of them were a team. And now it was supposed to be a team effort. Moshe wasn't alone yet at this stage. V'yim kein, kashakfar nisvada zelohem, shuv le'es tzorech lamayim, yuchal Moshe levala, hotzimayim kashar asa betchila, b'choz ma'ashayiyah, hua po v'ay bischus miriam. Earlier, Moshe also spoke to the, hit the rock, but everybody knew it was Bischus Miriam. But at this point, Miriam died. So first they had to do something that would be Bischus both of them, to show that it was Bischus both of them. And then Moshe could do himself to bring the water. But what happened? Moshe, Hashem says, both of you, ken me'ata, kasher he says, Miriam, yadei shneyem. What was the problem? Shina Moshe baseh. Vayachasela hu levado, belotzirif Aaron. Aaron was not connected. In plural. Again, the question of why Hashem wanted this, that's conjecture. That's because Hashem wanted it to be Bishus Shnehem. But the fact, says the Ksav Sofer, is that Hashem wanted both of them involved. Only Moshe was involved. You want to ask the question then as to, so why was Aaron punished? Why was Aaron punished as part of this? One could say Aaron allowed it. Um, not that he was mochel, but they decided that you could do it, right? But Aaron should have said, no, it's b'schoshenu, and the message of Aaron being part of it should have overridden. But either way, this is the message of the Ksav Sofer in terms of the, in terms of the hitting of the rock and the pshat, uh, for this year of the chait. Okay, let's continue now with a fascinating discussion of Arashi. So what happens after the story of the hitting of the rock, whatever the chet was? Because you did not uh, sanctify me in whatever way that was. Therefore, because of this chet of Meimariva, you will not go into Eretz Yisrael because of this chet. You will not go in. Rashi adds, and this will already be the secret, but we're already going to do the Rashi, which is already the answer to the question. He swore with a kvitza. Kaviyachal, Hashem swore. Hashem says, but Hashem all of a sudden says, "Lachen lo saviu nishba bekfitza shelo yirbu betfila kolkach." So he wouldn't be marbe betfila. What's Rashi driving at? Says the Maharal. Says the Gurarye right here on this pasuk. Shelo yirbu betfila. Really, maybe what Rashi is bothered by is when exactly did Moshe lose his chance to go into Eretz Yisrael? Because there are a number of Chazals throughout the Torah that give different impressions. Mikan mashma from here. 
from our Pasik is Mashva, source number four, Shachat Chet Moshe Haya, Shenigzar Alav Shlo Yavi Osam Laarith Bishvil Meimariva. Right, what does the Pashup Shana of the Psukim sound like? The reason that he wasn't going to the Eretz Yisrael is because of Meimariva. Ve'ilu, but we know in Parsha, Shmos at the end of the Parsha, when Moshe Rabbeinu complains to Hashem, Mashma Bishvil Sha'amar, Umeyaz Bas Yalparu, Ladabra Bishmecha. Mary Hashem says to Moshe, Hashem, Moshe says to Hashem that it's gotten worse since I started talking to them. From that point, why? Because Rashi says there that, right, right you're going to see this, Mitzrayim, but you're not going to see in the future. Now, so, so when is it? When did Moshe lose the chance? When he complained to Hashem regarding Mitzrayim or here by Memeriva. So says the Gur Aryeh Venire. Devadai the Gemara that Rashi quotes there in Parsha Shmos, as we know, that's a diuk. That's an implicit. Hashem says, now you'll see. So they, oh, now you'll see this and you won't see that in the future. That wasn't an explicit command, an explicit promise. That was a diuk. You could understand it that way. Shekach Omar, it was a mechlal hain atoshomeyalav. It wasn't said mefurish. Mefurish is stronger. If it would have been said mefurish, that would be different. If it's not said explicitly, it's not exera. It says the Maral says, let me explain what I mean. The gimel dvarim hain. There are really three types of, so to speak, um, expressions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. Three ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expresses as well. One is a expression, not a decree, but it's a implicit expression of Ratzon. And then there's an expression of Ratzon without an oath. And then there's the Gzartin with an oath. Three levels of expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, again, put into our terms so we can understand it. This is a Gemara Rosh Hashanah that has a similar chilek. Says the Maharal. The Kodem Gzardin, Kodem Shekadim HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kodem Shekadzar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shekachiyeh, Eshelakach Hu Rotzeh La'asos, V'unikra Ola B'machshava. Stage one, when it's just an expression, it wasn't even a decree. It was an expression, what we call in Chazal Ola B'machshava, an original thought, original state of will. So to undo that type of expression, that's not set in stone, so to speak. One does not need such a great tefillah to undo it. That was a little bit undo. So again, that was Shmos. There was an atotire, there was a diuk that we said, but that was an expression, but it wasn't, it wasn't total. Aval but once there's a gzera, once there's an expression of will, it's level two. Efshar ella It can only be nullified with tremendous effort and sa'aka and zechuyos to undermine a decree of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It wasn't just a olah b'machshava. It was a decree. You need to do a lot. You need to undo that. You have to daven hundreds of times. But. But if there's an expression that's not just an Allah B'machshava, not just a Gzera, but it's a Gzera with a Shvua, then it's finished. Then it's finished, there's nothing, there's no changing. 
then nothing's going to help. Nothing's going to help. And that's also, he says, those are the different levels of expression by God. And he says, similarly, you find this by a person in the middle column. Kumal ba'adam. Just like we would have by a person. A person wants to do something. He expresses it in his mind. Level two is he says he's going to do it. Not just he decides to do it, he says he's going to do it. And then even more, if he swears he's going to do it. So to Kavayacho, we have the three types of stages above. That's our Rashi. This was it. This was the final stage because this turned into a shvua. That's Rashi lochein lo saviu bishvua kolkmo lochein nishbati lebeis eli. And that's what's different. It started the process started maybe by Shmos, but it got stronger and more serious along the way. The Gurai just adds, but wait a minute. Rashi quotes a few times, at least twice in the Torah, that Moshe Rabbeinu himself, when he was talking, alluded to the fact that he wasn't going to go in. But one second, according to this pshat, not until Parshas Chukas, what is, was it Vadai? So why, when Moshe says in Parshas Shmos, Shlach na biatishlach, right, what does Rashi say? Shlach im i im oso shatad tishalech lachis amaretz. I'm not going the whole way anyway. If I'm not going the whole way anyway, so why should I even start it? Or in the Shira, Parshas B'Shalach, Tivi Emo Vesita Emo, Nisnabehu Shalo Yachrisam Laaretz, Via Viam Achir Laaretz. And at Parshas Baloscha, Moshe says to Yisrael, No Zamanachna, we're going in. So what do you mean? I thought Moshe already in Parshas Shmos, and at Parshas B'Shalach already said he's not going in. How can he tell Yisrael, No Zamanachna? Says the Gurariye, beautiful. Lo Yikshalacha Adadi, there's no problem. In Shmos and in Beshalach, Moshe was in a certain phase of Nevuah. For sure in Beshalach, the Maharal is saying it also in Shmos, which is more of a Chiddush. But that's different than Stam talking, which was Baaloscha. Shekhal's Marshahaya Moshe Rabbeinu Olav HaShalom. Midaber bin Nevuah when Moshe Rabbeinu was in the Nevuah. Even though he wasn't in a trance like other Nevi'im, but still, he was in a state of nevuah when Moshe Rabbeinu was saying something bin nevuah, that he said the truth. He said what was going to be. He said what was going to be at that moment what the divine will was. Kikach bin nevuah. Even The nevuah sees what will be. He saw that through nevuah. Mikomakom, but he thought he could still be mevatalit. Even though he had the benevuah, when he spoke to Yisrael, it wasn't a shvua yet. Chashav shakzirat his batal b'tshuva, u'b'tzvila u'b'tzaka. Sometimes, even if you see the future, it doesn't mean that it's vadai going to happen. Right? And that's, if you remember, we mentioned, according to one shot, that was the confusion between uh, the astrologers of Paro and Yosef. Because the astrologers saw in the future, interpreting Paro's dream, seven years and seven years, but they looked in the, to the future, and they only, they only saw seven and two. So it was confusing for them. He says seven and seven. It could have been seven and seven, but Yaakov came down and the famine stopped. So it turned out not to be seven and seven, but that was the confusing part, but that's what the star said. It could be seven and seven. 
So here too, Moshe Rabbeinu said that b'nevuah, but he thought maybe through tshuva and tefillah and sa'aka, it can be undone. And that's why when he says to Yisro, in Parshas Baloschab, he was talking to Yisro, he thought he'd be able to go in with this patelakzeira. When he spoke in nevuah, he spoke about what was going to be, and therefore, that is what is said. And the Ramaral ends off. Ahashta, Yeturat Sakol, Klal, an amazing suggestion to explain all the Chazals and to figure out when exactly it happened. The Xera finally, the three stages, and Moshe ben and Moshe talking uh, as a human being to himself. Okay, moving right along. Two thoughts about some of the enemies that B'nai Yisrael were going to fight now. Perachaf, as we get into, remember this is year 40, so now we get into the different suggestions, wars, and uh, requests that Moshe made. Moshe says to the king of Edom, So says your brother Yisrael. Interesting, Achicha. Edom, he is Achicha, he comes from Esav. But you wouldn't think that Moshe would start off like this. There's obviously something deeper going on here. Note number one. He calls him Achicha. Koamar Achicha Yisrael. Atayadata eis kol hatzla'ah asher mitzahasnu. You know all of the travails. You know everything that has happened to us. Vayeredu avoseinu mitzrayma. Vaneishim mitzrayim yamim rabbim. Vayereilanu mitzrayim alavoseinu. You know how much trouble we've gone through. What's he doing here? What's he saying here? So Rashi already picks up on it. Achicha Yisrael. Marava hachzkir kan achva. Why is he mentioning this? Ela amarlo achimanachnu. Moshe is saying to Adam, remember, we're, we're related. B'nei Avraham. Esav, you're also a son of Avraham. And Avraham had the promise to, you're going to be in servitude and subjugated. You know what? We, Moshe Rabbeinu says, we did that for you. You didn't have to suffer through it. We took that one for the team. So, you know, just let us do the following. Really, we both were obligated to pay that chov. And yet... We took care of it. We had Saros Rabos and, you know, difficulties. But Moshe says, And we came, and now we are in Kadesh. We are in Kadesh. So with that background, let us just go through. Let us go through. And Edom says, no, I don't think so. Lo savar bi pen bacher Right, that's it. One line. No way, you're not coming. I'm going to go out with a sword. We'll pay for it. And he says again, lo tavar. Done, finished. No explanation. Edom goes out, but I'm kaveh dubiar Edom did not let them go through. Vayet Yisrael me'alav. They had to go around. They traveled from Kadesh. And they went to Har Har, where we know Aaron is going to, to pass away. Says of Nevenzal, what was the, the deeper message? It seems like there's a deeper message going on here between Moshe Rabbeinu and Edom. It seems like something has happened, starts off with Achicha. You know, what exactly is, is going on here? So, based on Chazal, based on Chazal, Rabbi Nevenzal says, you know, what was Moshe emphasizing? Moshe said, Hashem heard our voice. Rashi. We have a power. We have a bracha of Yaakov Avinu, a kol kol Yaakov. 
And what is Edom answer? Lo sa'avor bi pen bacherev etzelikrasecha. You're not going through. Rashi quotes. Atem mitgaim b'kol shehorishchem avichem v'omrim v'nitzlak al Hashem v'yishba kolenu. Right, you think you have a power. I also have a promise. You will live by the sword. And therefore, you have your power. We have our power. So really underneath, what's going on here is a discussion of the brachos, the birchas Yitzchak, where Yaakov and Esav are fighting. But, so says of Nebenzal, that's what's going on here. Step number one. But then he goes and analyzes a little more. Let's think about this for a minute. Edom here is recognizing the Birchas Yaakov. He's recognizing that Kolko Yaakov and Yodayim de Esav. But one second. There's another part of the Brachos of the Avos, and that is that Bnei Yisrael are going to get Eretz Yisrael. That's another part of the Brachos. What, Edom didn't focus on that part of it? I don't understand, answer of Nevenzal, on the next page. Source number six. Right? They left. They didn't leave because they were worried about the armies of Edom. They're about to fight 31 kings. So they, were, they couldn't be scared from a, from a perspective of just one nation. That's why they were mavatir. So why'd they go around? And even furthermore, what was Edom saying? Meaning, if they believed in the brachos, so why didn't they go all the way? Says of Nevenzal, he nelanu line twenty. Shnei kochos hapolim be'esav bozvanit. At the same time, Esav was spiritually schizophrenic. Michad. They believed in what Yitzchak said. They believed in Yitzchak. They believed in the Akedah. On the one hand, therefore they believed in the Brachas. But on the other end, and at the same time, total denial. They knew Tanakh. They knew exactly what Yitzchak said. That was said hundreds of years earlier. They knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was greater. In terms of Nevuah. They lived contradictions. They could believe in A and not believe in B, even though it went against each other. They lived and survived with the stira within themselves. They, 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 just, they worked their foreign policy based on contradictions. Didn't matter to them. Because that's what happens when you don't want to believe. Sometimes there are inner contradictions within a person, within a nation. And that's, that's what, that's what Adam has here. They believed in one promise and not another. Unless we think this only applies to Edom, says Rev. Nevenzal, line 25, 45, Every person has steers like this. Well, it's not so simple. 
in terms of determining ourselves and others, we can be a believer and a denier at the same time. Like Malach Edom that believed in Berchaz Yitzchak and didn't believe in Moshe. We can have opposite kochos working in opposite directions. For example, for example, says Rabbi Nevitzel, now turning the page to source number seven. There are other examples of this. He quotes one from Tanakh, the people of Zif, the Anshe Zif, that told Shaul where, Shmu, where David was hiding. Remember, Shaul was fa- trying to find David to kill him. So what happened? The Anshe Zif wanted to find favor in the eyes of Shaul. David is hiding. What does David do? So Rev Nevenzal focuses on the Anshe Zif, but you could also focus on Shaul. Shaul says, Baruch Hashem, that you had Rahman Asami, and he's going to kill David. That's, that's contradictory types of behavior. Is he saying Baruch Hashem and he has Emuna or not? Or the opposite. The people of Zif. People of Zif wanted to get a bracha from Shaul. They wanted to get a bracha from the Admar. He writes, in Kedelun Sola Admar, Misham Schumeata, Kolshagin Shabracha, Bibishola Melech, Shavehon, Aval Tan David, Bitsamud, Lebirchas Bruchem Atem Lashem, Kibaltem Mimashiach Hashem, Kibaltem Gamas Kilas Hashem, Aur Makariya Basesi, say Lashen Hara. Say Lashen Hara, to get a bracha, you say Lashen Hara, Stira Mineyube. Or, in our own lives, we know Limana Torah is the greatest, the most important value. Hadar HaKashuv, Biyoter, Bo. We work hard back and forth at night and day. We try to figure out every single point in the Dvar Hashem. And yet, do we value every single moment? Are we not mevatel at times that we should be learning? Right? There are so many things that go through our lives. Right? Other times, he continues and says, sometimes we say, we say three times of davening, and yet, when we get into a, when we get a headache, one of life's headaches, and when we get into a difficulty, we forget that. Right? Throughout our lives, right, we lose the proper perspective. We lose the proper balance. And he writes on the next page, he says, because we're, so to speak, spiritually drunk, right? Somebody is drunk, nothing on the outside changed, just the perspective changed. But sometimes our perspective changes too, because from the inside, we don't take things as seriously as we should. We scoff a little bit. We don't take things seriously. And therefore, our job is to try to be as consistent as we can and as clear as we can in our Avodah Hashem and to be, not to be like Edom, who believed in Son and Am and the others, but to be like Moshe Rabbeinu, and to be like the greatest Eved Hashem. Okay, that's Edom. Let's move on now to the others. Right, we have now Perachaf Aleph. Perachaf Aleph, we go from Harahar, where Aaron dies by Edom, and uh, the Nechashim come, that's not for now, they go to Ovos, the Hulu, Pasach Now, Sichon. Let us go. Sichon didn't let them come out. Sichon didn't let them come out. And Sichon didn't work. Then we have later on, we have no, um, um, Og. Fine. Says the Sefer Simon Labanim of Kashtiel from Eli, following... Very creative, beautiful thought from 
this week's parsha here on Sichon and Og. So Sichon and Og are stories here that we describe that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to defeat Sichon, wanted to fight Sichon, wanted to fight Og, and they did not let them through. But it's interesting, if you look throughout Tanakh, this battle of Sichon and Og doesn't seem to just be a battle like the others, even like Edom. Right? The Pasuk tells us here, Source number 11, he quotes the Pesukim, Vayetzav Sichon is called Amo, Vayetzav Lekras Yisrael Amin Bara, Vayavo Yazav Elochem Yisrael, and Bnei Yisrael defeat Sichon. Vayetzav Og Malach and Og goes out, and they defeat Og. Interesting, that if you look into Hillel, we say it every Shabbos morning, in the Kilo Olam Chasdo, what's called Halal HaGadol, we have separate lines. Lamakei Malachim Gedolim, Kilo Olam Chasdo. Vayarg Malachim Adirim, Separate lines for Sichon and Og, as if they symbolize a certain victory. Or in Parsha's Balak, which we will have next week. Balak hears about this, about what happened with Sichon and Og, and he was scared. He's nervous. And even, if you remember, in Sefer Yehoshua, when the Meraglim, when Kalev and Pinchas, according to Chazal, go to Rachav, and they say, Rachav, what are you, what have you heard? And Rachav says, I'm nervous. The Ema is upon all of us. What's the Ema? That you went out of Mitzrayim, and you defeated Sichon and Og. Those are the two. Ki shamanu eizasher hovish Hashem esmei yamsuf. And that's it, we're done, we're melted. So, so what were these symbolic of? Sichon v'og, says Rav Kashtiel, shimshu me'en chomat magain, l'shar ha'amim she'yashu b'tochachei aras. They were like a protective shield. And when they were gone, it was done. And also the beginning of Dvarim. Also mentioned again, Sichon and Og. What exactly is it about Sichon and Og that is something unique and special? So he explains on the next page, source number 12. Sichon and Og represented two types of leadership. This kind of fits to what we did last week when we spoke about Rabbi Sachs' idea about servant leadership uh, as compared to what Korach thought. But here we have an idea that works with that. Sichon v'og mi'atzkim she'ishitos memshal. Two types of government. Sichon, we might call a dictatorship. A monarch, a king. Right, what is the language of the psukim? Vayetze l'kras Yisrael. He gathers his whole nation. He gathers. Sichon osefet amo bekoach. Maniguso chasres hamatzorim. Sichon is a dictator, he's a monarch, he's a king. He forcefully rules with an iron hand. That is one type of Dictate uh, rulership. He quotes Rav Cook. Sichon haya melak az v'kasher gvura hanafshi taparait wild brute strength shein lagvul betochen hitpartuta. It just spreads and spreads. It's monarchy. It's dictatorship. <laughs> but Yisrael wanted to just pass through. Yisrael rak bikshul avar achzui hamoreshet shal sichon tibuta aparit v'haim tanit. It instills fear in all those around. Chaseret savlanus, no patience. This is this is Sichon. And Yishkan Amirag Dolal Olam. And by defeating Sichon, what was the what were Bnei Israel saying? 
you could build kingdoms without this type of leadership. You don't have to scare everybody. And that is part of what David HaMelech and what Moshe Rabbeinu earlier did. That was Sichon, defeat of Sichon. What was Og? Og was kind of the opposite, but very different. Og was a king who didn't command by force, but he commanded by convincing. If you come with me, you'll be rich. If you come with me, you will get tremendous areas of land. This is more like what's common in our generation. It was a physical, gashmi heaven. Og atzmo haya adam gadol memadim. Right, we know Og was a giant. Melech hachumranut. The Melech of Gashmias. Hahamonim noarim acharav. Why do people follow him and stream after him? Lo biglal pachad oaritzos. Not because of fear, but because of hope. Biglal hashefa hachomri vaharavachim ha'ishiim anigerim imenu. Right, what does it say? In the, in the Pasik, it doesn't say that, like, Sichon went out to get them. What does it say here? They came with him. It doesn't say that he got them. They came with him because they wanted to come with him. Why do nations go to battle these days? For oil, for assets. It's all about the money, finances. But that's a different type of leadership. And Bnei Yisrael defeated both of them. This was a different type of leadership that was coming into the world, and that's what we say. Thank you for not making our leadership a dictatorship. It's not just about Gashmias, but it's about serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the type of leader that we have. And with the defeat of those, the defeat of those brought a new world system, and that is what we celebrate and we focus on in the Pesukim, and that's what Rachav heard about in the Pesukim in Yoshua. Okay, one final thought for this week. In that same passage that we just mentioned, that Og was the king, Og was the king, the passage says, Ki cheshbon ir sichon melech ha'emorihi hu nilcham belech mo'av rishon ve'ikak l'asob miyado adarnon. Chazal darshan on cheshbon, right, the passage says, Oma Rabbi Shmuel Menachmeni, source number 14, Moshlim are those who are Moshal on their spirit. Right, that is the Pasik so here's a story that he quotes here in the Pineha Torah from Rav Itzala. Rav Itzala Bluzer, the Talmud of the Ar Yisrael, the Talmud of the, the Kofi Ar, the Talmud of Yisrael Salanter in the Ar Yisrael. So he quotes, uh, he says, what about, about, uh, Cheshbon Nefesh? He quotes that they once came to him, to Rav Itzala, to ask him, you know, give us some Musr, give us some direction. So he says, I'll give you a Mashal. Says there was one time there was a caravan, Tata Bayar Gadol. There was a caravan of people that got lost. And they were in the forest. For a week, they walked and they wandered. They couldn't find a way out. All of a sudden, they see a man. They see a man. They saw him all the way down. And they run after him and they catch up to him. 
Show us, show us how to get out. The man turns and says, You've been searching one week. I've been searching for weeks to get out. So I don't know exactly, you know, I'm going to go with you, but I can't tell you the way out. But you know one thing I could tell you? I could tell you which way not to go because I have that experience. And I can't tell you which way to go, but I could tell you based on my mistakes which way not to go. Sometimes in life, we don't always know which way to go, but we know and we could get give advice about which way not to go. And the rest is Yata Deshmaya. And that's sometimes what Cheshbon and Efesh is. To think about which way, what, what's not good for us. Which path is not good for us. And if we do that, then hopefully we'll be able to get onto the path of the straight and the narrow in our Avodah Hashem. Okay, we'll stop here. Parshas Chukas, Tavshin Ayin Tess.